Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the PHNX Rising Show, brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. I'm Ramon Chavez, checking in here for uh, our 6 p.m. Tuesday show. I feel like we haven't done this in, in a minute, but uh, joining us, as always, Owen Evans, Max Simpson. How are you guys doing today? Doing well. Doing well, man. How are, how are you guys? It's, it's normal. Yeah, it's the... Twilight? No. Uh, night? I, I don't know. I don't even know what time of day it is. But, is it you know, it's, it's it's dark in here, you know, you know, some light. So it's some some sort of nighttime. Yeah, man, it's going to be fun, though. We're going to have a great show. Uh, a lot of stuff going on right now. We got the World Cup round of 16 wrapping up today. 17 days of football, straight days of football coming to an end after today. We're going to have to wait till Friday for the next set of World Cup games. So that's... uh. Oh, Michael already started. I don't want to talk about that. We'll talk about that later. But, of course, we're going to touch on the World Cup and what's going on with that. And we also got a lot of rising news happening, including a big announcement from our very own Max Simpson regarding one of the rising news that came out today. So I'm, I'm excited to hear about that. Um, that's, the, that's the tryout, Max, if you, if you weren't aware. Um, yeah, let's, let's talk. Max is trying out. That's what I've been hearing on the grapevine. That's, oh, that's uh, yeah, it's uh, you know, some uh, some felonious PHNX underscore underscore rising rumors that I've heard have been breaking. Just you know, uh, can cut those down. Those are definitely slanderous, not true at all. We'll talk about. Be it. careful. I hear that transfer rumors can uh, result in legal action being threatened. Oh, hey. All right, y'all, let's get started with Rising, and then we're going to get to the World Cup. But a lot of uh, Rising news coming out recently. Uh, we did get, you know, let's just touch on it since we're already talking about it. Uh, Phoenix Rising will be hosting open tryouts. Now, Owen, you've been around this team for a very long time. Have you, has this happened before, yep. or is this the first time? Yeah, no, it's happened before because uh, Tyler Terrans uh, did the open tryouts back in, I believe it was 2020. Um, and... Uh, decided to tweet quite a bit about his experience doing that. So, yes, open tryouts have been done before. They've been done by other USL teams uh, in the past as well. So it's it's not necessarily something completely new. But, um, yeah, I hear that, Max, you're really tempted, though, of course. I mean, shoot, I'm, I'm dead. Listen, man, if I can register for free, I would I would give it a I'd give it an honest try. I'd, I'd share the experience. It would. Um... I probably wouldn't do well and well i don't i don't like my chances to uh to make the squad but yeah i'd give it a go sure why not well rumor has it that max actually expressed a really quite controversial opinion to us previously which is that he reckons that if he was given a <laughs> like whole season if he was given a whole season that he could find the net in usl Wow. Right, and, and here we go max is unwilling to put 200 dollars up to try and put his money where his mouth is Oh, interesting. Go and try out. 
I mean, I don't, on, like, I don't recall it. This, this, this seems like a lot of the, you know, this very uh, giving me the, hey, Max is going to buy first, second, and third round at Four Peaks type vibes. I don't see anything written. I don't see anything said. Except uh, this time you did run your mouth. You did run your mouth that you could perform at this level. You did. Ramon as my witness. Ooh, ooh. I was the one that asked. I just, I, I think the specific question was, if given 30 minutes per game, during the course of a USL season, would you be able to score once? And Max mm. confidently said, I'd score more than once. That's I don't what know. Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Said. Right, first yeah. off, if this conversation <laughs> took place, which I'm not saying it did or didn't. It did. I, I would not have said it more than once. Listen, I, I am not going to throw shade at, at any player because I understand this is at the professional level. It's very top. Now, let's talk hypothetically, since this is clearly the first time I'm being asked this sort of question. You know, I, I, if if I'm able to, uh, you know, someone maybe gets fouled in the box, maybe a little handball, and they need uh, a certain someone to step up to the spot, I do like And take game. a Spanish-style penalty, then Max no Simpson will be no your care. You, you ask the question, I think I can bag it. I feel confident I can bag a penalty. In my career, I've never missed a pen. That is a fact. That is an absolute fact. Yeah, what, what against Parks players? I'm sorry. I hey, don't just like Bennett, Bennett of Park either. Look, look at look at this guy. Excuse <laughs> you. No, but uh, but yeah, no, it's it's good to hear. You know, uh, that Phoenix Rising is given an opportunity uh, to local talent. Um, you know, when and you guys, Juan, if open... you're watching, just wave that tryout fee, and we're gonna make an embarrassment of Max, please. There you go. What if it was like a hundred dollars? Maybe you can Max in. Uh, but yeah, the the tryouts, I mean, if you go to the Phoenix Rising website, if you're interested or you know anybody that's interested, you guys can go to the Phoenix Rising website. Um, you do have to make a payment. It's $200 to, uh, to uh, try out. And these tryouts will be happening January 20th, 21st. And if you make it past that second day on January 22nd, they're going to have an invite only scrimmage. So that's, uh, you know, Max just, you know, giving you a little heads up on what's what's to come. And uh, but yeah, yeah, this is an opportunity for a lot of people, you know. So if you guys want to take advantage of it, definitely do that. Uh, Maybe moving we'll on, just start a GoFundMe. Maybe we'll just start a GoFundMe to put Max for tryouts. I mean, I don't want to brag, but uh, you know, uh, Sunday League Division Two. Uh, gosh, in the fall season, I was a golden boot. Uh, you know, with a nice uh, six goals and about seven matches. Just saying, you know. You can list that under your references. You know. <laughs> yeah, List one of your teammates as proof that you actually won a golden boot once. Uh, I got, Sunday I got it. Tallies, I, I got it's on my Instagram at Max David Simpson. Find it there. Little we gotta, we gotta work on your goal celebration. You know something. So That's we fair. can. Uh, there's Reese says out. here. Can Max do it on a Wednesday night at LA Galaxy Track and Field Stadium? I, mean, I don't know about that. You <laughs> won't have to because Galaxy Two are gone. Goodbye. Nice. Uh, and uh, all right, y'all. Moving on to the next set of news. So Phoenix Rising announced the coaching staff for uh for the upcoming season so a lot of these names we're already familiar with some are uh, are staying from last year and then some uh newcomers uh are joining um uh previous assistant coach danny stone and goalkeeper coach uh, Corey Ro robertson um uh so the people that are going to be joining them are marcos reina as an assistant coach which uh he has been working with juan for uh, juan guerra for a very long time and Chris Standring as a video analyst, and also Jeronimo Aymar as his strength and uh, conditioning coach. So a lot of announcements today. I don't know if people were looking, <laughs> were too excited about the coaching ones because uh, you know we still have questions about the the rest of the uh, 
uh, the players that are going to be part of the team next season. But what did uh, what did you guys have uh, think about you know or Max you know since Owens left us? Yeah. Uh, what, do you, what did you have to say about these uh, these announcements that were happening today? Yeah, Owen was too scared to answer the question, so he, uh, you know, typically uh, he bolted. Uh, no, I, I'm I'm a fan, right? I I think whenever you're able to add an assistant who has that longevity, that relationship with, um, you know, coach, you know, the fact that Marcos has a, a very nice relationship with Juan, I think that's amazing. I think you're able to build that chemistry. You have an idea of the coaching style, the philosophies, how to train with the guys, how to work with the guys. It goes a long way, and I think the fact also that he has a lot of prior experience in Liga Mekis. That's Honestly, great for recruitment, great for this time of year, and even in future seasons where you are able to tap into a very wide-ranging player pool that's very attractive to not only how Rising plays, but also to the Arizona market. So I'm a massive fan of that. Um, and whenever you're able to get uh, coaches who have just experiences from all over the world, I think it can only help you. Yeah, I think one of the more interesting things, though, about this is sit, we're going to see for the first time Chris Standring in as a video analyst. He came at the end of last season. Um, he was over in Phoenix at the very, very end of the season. Um, I actually got to chat to him at his first game, which was RGV away. Um, the fact that he'd made the move over, he'd, you know, he's trying to make the move out of the youth game where he had a lot of success with Chelsea's youth teams, but it's notoriously difficult as a video analyst to make that jump from the youth game up to the first team. Um, I'm intrigued to see what he can bring to this group. I think that it's, look, it's a move that was underway well before uh, Rick departed, well before Juan uh, took over. I remember Rick talking about the fact that we're trying to just get this visa sorted so that he could come over. Well, it ended up taking until almost the end of the year, but just adding that extra component of the video analysis, what is that going to do in terms of just elevating how well this team can perform. Um, I can't say that I've encountered that many video analysts around USL. Um, we'll have to see what, what it ends up being like. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, another thing that people were trying to see if this was going to happen was uh, Luis Manuel Saijas to see if he was going to return in some sort of capacity uh, as an assistant coach. From what I can see on his Instagram stories, he's still working on his coaching license. So I don't think that's going to happen at least, you know, at this time. Um, but, you know, for, you know, you guys can give me your opinion. I I would really like to see him as part of this team. I think it would, he would bring a lot to the table and like we, how we got to talk to him about him, uh, how we got to talk to him about what he was interested in during the interview that we had a, a you know, a few weeks ago. I, I think he would be a really great asset to, to, to have with Phoenix Rising. I think he commands a lot of respect from the boys. Um, and it's not that the, the coaching staff don't, um, but it's just almost different. The level that he played at and played at for so long inherently garners the respect of, quite frankly, any footballer that could possibly walk into that locker room. Absolutely. And not even say, not saying that it's even needed, but the fact that if he joins, then you also have a bridge in a way between the players and the coaches. When you bring on someone who I just played for the club to Owen, to your point, I command a high level of respect and someone who he can step into that coaching, you know, staff day, you know, day one, if he's able to join and be like, Hey, I'm still figuring it out from a coaching angle, but I have this rich playing career where you can still tap into that. But I'm not expecting him to now. I'm, I'm really not expecting that we're going to see yeah. at least 
you know, in the immediate a change whereby he is added to the coaching staff. I feel as though the staff that has been announced is the staff that we're going to see come the start of the year. Yeah, yeah, I agree with Owen. So we'll keep an eye out. We'll see what happens throughout the year. Uh, let's move on to another piece of news that we haven't really touched on. Uh, you know, we we kind of voiced our opinions on Twitter, at least some of us did. But Greg Hurst was traded to New Mexico. Um, we kind of we, we were hearing rumblings that he was not going to return to the team. Uh, we were you know kind of wondering how that was going to shape out and you know the announcement came out on December 2nd the that uh, Greg Hurst was traded for an international roster spot to our very good friends at New Mexico United I'm kidding don't don't come at me at the chat very good um, friends yeah <laughs> but how are you guys feelings about that I'm really disappointed man I I feel like Greg Hurst just wasn't giving his fair shake uh, at least in the, in the first season here at Phoenix Rising but how are you guys feeling about this it feels cheap it feels incredibly cheap. Look, if Greg Hurst moves on, that's fine. It Look, after the season that Rising as a whole had last season, no player is indispensable. You've got to make some big changes. Even players that have promise are sometimes on the table. But when you command a fee of one international slot, which is what the trade has been announced as, there was one international slot is what the team gets in return. It massively puts the pressure, I think, on Phoenix, on the rising front office, on Juan Guerra, to find an appropriate replacement. And not only that, because the nature of the fee is so cheap, if Greg Hurst has a standout season this year, questions will be asked. And... I think they're perfectly correct to be asked, why wasn't more gotten for him? If you're going to let a player like that go, who is, in many ways, you just thought going into a rebuild, the kind of player that you want, actually. Someone who, despite the team as a whole not performing, despite patchy playing time and questions over his positioning, still managed to get his fair share of goals. He still managed to bring in assists. And he did so on a wage that's, at least for this league and for the player of a caliber that he is pretty modest. Um, I, I find it slightly strange that this is the move that's gone again. You've got to hope that there's a plan in place behind there because if he's not replaced, well, questions are going to be asked. And if he goes off and has a standout season this year, when New Mexico questions will be asked as to why the team didn't drive a better bargain. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I mean, I, I think if you look at the profile of Greg Hurst, you know, take rising out of the equation. He is an attacker who he can get into the box and get around the box. The links up play very well. He can be that long ball guy, but his strength really is to drop in and be that connector for the, for the rest of the attack. And I think that's something that when you look at what rising is looking to do, especially under Juan's system, it's something where, I mean, he fit really well. I think especially after Juan came in, it's where he had a nice stretch of games that, you know, definitely uh, saw on the score sheet. I just don't understand the logic as much, especially with, to your point of you command an international uh, roster spot, the pressure is immense, but also when you're transitioning into this new team where you are now, in your first full season as manager, 
you want as many guys, you're going to clear house of, you know, players who don't fit to what you're looking for. Totally understand. But the ones who do, you want that connectivity of it's already going to be difficult enough making this transition and going into a new season. You want your players you can count on. I think to all of our estimations, we thought that Greg Hurst in Juan's eyes was that guy. And if you don't bring it, if you, if you lose someone who um, has that familiarity with your system, it fits pretty well. I just don't understand the the logic of it, especially where it seemed like you wanted to be here. So um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, we, we hope there's a plan in place, but you just look at it on paper. I, I just don't see it. To, to a degree, I'm just going to say, actually, um, in the chat here, the one question about who's responsible for driving a better Hearst deal for the club. I, I think it's both. Um, it's both Swan and Bobby. There's not a true distinction necessarily between who's doing what and those kind of things. They're both involved in the recruitment. They both are involved in those kind of discussions with other teams. Um, I don't believe that the deal would go ahead without uh, Juan's input. I don't believe that that's the kind of situation they're in whatsoever. And I'd be surprised if Bobby was just completely leaving him to do whatever he wanted on his own. So I'd imagine it's, it's a mixture of both. Um, the only reason you could possibly say as to whether, you know, if you're in, on the question then of who would be responsible for getting a better deal, maybe it would be Bobby if it was simply Juan said he wanted Bobby to find a way to get rid of, of Greg. Um, but that's not, I, I, I tend to be surprised if that was the case. Um, I, I get the feeling this is just bearing in mind, of course, that, Greg also took up an international spot. Um, not a green card holder, so doesn't qualify as a domestic player. So it effectively results in two more international spots for uh, Phoenix Rising. Yeah, yeah. Interesting development here. Uh, Greg Hurst. I, I feel like he grew on me. You know, if you go back and looked at our earlier shows, I was saying Claudio Repetto is going to be the number one striker. And then Greg Hurst kind of took his spot. And, you know, we, we all kind of saw what happened throughout the rest of the season. So hopefully he has a great season over there in New Mexico. Wishing him the best. Was, was always cordial with us. Uh, always a great guy to talk to. So, you know, wishing him the best over there in the, is it, called, is it the land of enchantment? Is that what they call it? Yeah. I, I think so. I'm, I'm, I'm sure there are no, different maybe. nicknames that the chat can come up with here. I know. Let's not let, no, 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 no. Let's not let, let Greg can have a good season. I'm not sure that they're going to want the rest of that team to have a good there season. There you go. Let's leave it like that. Um, let's move on. Uh, you know, speaking of Bobby Dooley here, he was able to give an interview today to a local radio station. Uh, they were asking him about the you know situation with the new move and uh, what's going to happen. Uh, I don't know if you guys were able to listen to it. It's like an eight-minute interview, but he had some interesting things to say. Uh, a lot of the things that we already kind of knew, but uh, one of the things that kind of struck me a little bit most was just the about the five-year plan where they're whether they like it or not, they're not going to stay in that area for more than five years. They're going to have to move elsewhere and based on the answers that you know Bobby Dooley gave they're looking to maybe do a permanent structure I don't know how much I can bank on that but what did you guys think of this interview and did you guys kind of you know find something interesting in what he had to say I feel as though the five years was something we we did kind of know at least um that the city has had plans for things they want to do, things they want to fix up with the airport, you know, new cargo areas and, and all of that. And it kind of made it clear that 
look in that location, maybe that isn't the long-term future. I mean, beyond that, one of the reasons that people were saying look at it for the long-term potential was the idea that there could be big expansion there. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think that that would have really been possible without eating into the land of the um, park and swap there, which would not have gone down well with the local with the local community angle the club kind of a very effectively managed to sell to the phoenix city council so it's not necessarily a huge surprise i think ultimately the team wants a more permanent location um but for now five years is a reliable lengthy term time allows them to make plans for what comes afterwards uh, and that, at least hopefully, from the club's perspective, will rid them from the uh, frequent concerns that they had off the field in terms of the running of the previous location. And that's the biggest thing more than anything. Yeah, I think when when they went into this move and when we heard the news that, like, yes, they are moving forward with this. But even before that, when they were exploring moving out of you know, the previous locations, you just got the sense of, hey, this doesn't have to be the forever move, but you at least want to have it in your near future of, hey, we have some st stability. I think that five-year window, it gives you enough time. I mean, if you always wanted to, you can exercise the additional options if needed, but um, I, think, I think it makes a lot of sense. This, this club, um, I think there's greater aspirations, you know, whether it's I know, I know there's been other discussions of whether that's like uh, either move up, but even just having a more permanent facility, permanent stadium, I think it makes sense that, you know, you give it five years, you, that's though, you know, a very long tenure when in relation to some of the other places they've been recently. Um, and then find that next step of like, Hey, we've been entrenched in the community. We've been in multiple spots throughout the Valley. Now let's really pick the right place and go from there. Set up shop. Yeah, you know, we'll see what happens there. Um, a lot of interesting stuff that Bobby Dooley said. He says that they're going to have more control about what promotions they can do with the vendors, uh, you know, pregame, you know, stuff like that. And that kind of, you know, in, in my point of view or, you know, what I understood from it is that it might be a return of dollar beer night, which I know a lot of people were maybe hoping for. So we'll see. We'll see if that happens because be there's really been fun. a lot of teasing of that somewhat over the, <laughs> the years, maybe a little bit more now, but let's yeah. just... Let's not get people's hopes up too not throwing it out. much. Open, Let's wait open. until it is on the calendar. Yes, yes, yes. We'll see. We'll see what happens there. Uh, but yeah, great stuff. A lot of rising news, man. Even though it's the off season, you know, we're still keeping tabs on the team. And uh, yeah, we'll keep you updated on what's going on in the future. Uh, you know, I think we need a break right now. You know, and when I need a break, you know where I go to? Mm -hmm. I know Max are a big fan. OGs. Because uh, OG's be hitting lately, man. You pop one in, you relax, you have a great time. You watch the TV, you watch the World Cup, whatever you're doing. And it's a great time with OG's. And my personal favorite, the tropical flavor, that's my that's my go-to. But if you guys haven't yet, make sure to purchase your very own OG's. Take a break, man. Kick back, relax. It's a stressful week. You know, all the holidays are, can be stressful. So make sure to enjoy some OG's um, and, and uh, kick back a little bit. Um, Max. What's your favorite flavor, man? I know you like the the sleepy time, but what's the go to if if you can uh, pick? I do like sleepy time. Um, my favorite is the the minis. You know, three milligrams, pl uh, pl plenty for those of you who are either new or don't want to dive headfirst. And it is the tropical flavor, which is super nice. But I like uh, the sativas 
and the Innicas in the minis. They feel fantastic, especially if like, you know, I'm watching on a weekend and it's like, I just want to relax. Don't go too crazy, but, you know, just enjoy. Honestly, probably about, it, it, it kicks in for about, you know, a, a full World Cup match. It's pretty nice timing. Um, I think, you know, Spain's team might have uh, taken some OGs after those penalty kicks today, which we'll get into a little later. But um, I like yeah, that you know, him. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> But um, but hey, they all got all kinds of good stuff. Um, yeah, that's my favorite, and I would say second favorite flavor is orange creamsicle. Ooh, okay, mm. okay. So yeah, make sure to purchase your very own OGs, and as always, you can find them at your local dispensary. And remember, you must be 21 years or older to enjoy. All right, y'all, let's talk about the round of 16 with the World Cup. Uh, you know, do you guys want to talk, talk Spain Morocco since this was the? Let's do it. Let's, let's do it. Let's do it. Right. If you have, by about the 80th minute, got 75% possession and have taken, what, three shots, the same number as your opponent, you're in trouble. Um, there needs to be some serious thinking among the, the Spanish approach. It was the, the best part about it is that you really see a team as well that has been so toothless for 120 minutes decide, let's continue to be this toothless in kicks from the mark. It was... I, I mean, it was impressive today. And look, Morocco defended with a lot of heart. Um, and to be perfectly frank, as soon as that final uh, penalty was scored, you know, I just turned around and said, you have all the days you just want to be in the Sukhwakif in Doha to be able to see just the reaction that night on what it would be like down there in the, the mill with everyone. Just that's one of those nights I think you want to see it because they had a massive fan presence across Doha and those fans, you know, they made a lot more noise than anything that the Spanish fans were able to do. I mean, I saw games of both of them. One of the teams actually attempted to chant during its games. The other one was a bit pathetic i'll be perfectly frank almost as pathetic as a team's performance you can, you can the name field. them over you can do so i mean we know exactly who they are because i'm talking about <laughs> the team's pathetic performance on the field but um it, it's look I, I feel as though at the end of the day it just felt like the writing was on the wall all throughout and as soon as spain i think fell behind that, that was it that was it for me there was no real um chance for them to to work their way back in there um as soon as max as soon as morocco i've been watching that fox broadcast where he keep calling them mexico instead of morocco and it's for whatever reason stuck in my head thanks uh i think it was ian dark um but as soon as morocco got their uh, next in front you just knew that they were they were probably gonna hang on to it in front of that kind of a support and education city stadium yeah, I mean, when you look at all of the matches that Spain has played, they you can make the argument and pretty convincingly that they've gotten drastically worse in each one. First one was the 7-0 thumping against Costa Rica. Um, second one, they go ahead to Germany, and then Germany equalizes off of, um, I mean, honestly, they kind of carved through that Spanish system. And then, again, against Japan, they go up very early. They concede two goals late, can't see it through. And then against Morocco's side, you're not taking anything away from them. They won first in a very difficult group, as they should have. But, I mean, a lot of people on paper, they didn't give Morocco a chance. And I think that's um, kind of the downfall of the Spanish system of tiki-taka death by a thousand passes, is if you're not able to penetrate through, if you can't play with that lead early, 
especially when an opponent like this, where they have legitimate defenders, where they have an attack that can hit you on the break, even though there wasn't a lot of shots registered, you can see that this, this Spain team was frustrated and they just ran out of options. Um, I am surprised how poorly they fared in, uh, in penalties, but I mean, that's how it goes. When you get to that stage, it is a literal crapshoot and well, they, they did not come through. Look, I think it's you mentioned it as well with a 7-0 to open it. This is a team that won 7-0 to yeah. open their World Cup campaign. They didn't look like they'd score in four or five games today. Yeah. They could have played four or five back-to-back. They were just pitiful in front of goal. Yeah, that, that group of Japan, Costa Rica, Germany, and Spain... I don't know what was up. I think that just kind of sums up what this World Cup's been about because you have these two powerhouses, right? Like where you're like, okay, they're going to make it out of the group. No problem. And then Japan, you know, gets out of the group. Costa Rica beats Japan after Japan just beat Germany. It's like, what is going on here? And then, you know, you see a result like this and it just makes you question everything that you think you know because like we we said, you know, Spain, their DNA is tiki-taka and, and, you know, and, and break them down and they couldn't do that. And, you know, ever since their 2010 World Cup, you know, they missed, uh, they, they weren't able to get out of the group in 2014 uh, out against Russia, I believe, in 2018. And then, you know, in penalties uh, this time around against Morocco, it's it's insane, man. Like, it, the Spanish Federation, you know, might be th- rethinking its approach to its uh, national team uh, after mm-hmm. those uh, results. Um, the other uh, game from today, Portugal versus Switzerland, 6-1. Did anyone expect that, especially with no Ronaldo? Feel like after a first few goals went in, you just kind of walk away and go, eh, it's one of those games. Yeah. Like it's on in the background, but are you really paying much attention? Um the camera was fit, more on Ronaldo right? than the actual game. Like <laughs> can we talk about that first strike though? My <laughs> word. Talk about taking the top corner on the near post. That was on the defender though. The Swiss defender gave him No, the it's still know. it's still like I, I get, I get, I get what you're saying, Ramon. Where it's like he's got to, he's got to close him down. And like, I do agree with you there. But I mean, the broadcast, Fox, uh, Fox Sports, they made, it, they did make a point where it's like, you, who does expect the shot from that angle? And it just kind of comes out of nowhere. It's almost like a glitch in FIFA where the defender kind of pauses and the other, you know, where you know you lose the batteries on a controller and the other one's still going. And it's like, oh wait, what? Because you shoot that, there is. Even if you're scoring, you're not hitting it from that from that ridiculous angle, putting it into the top bins like that. Like I watched the replay, and the way they had the camera angle uh, for those on audio, that's gonna be this is gonna be fun to recreate. But like when you're it, like the camera angle, they had it almost behind the goal, and when you see that shot coming in, you have to wait until the very last frame before it looks on frame at all because it's out, the ball's out of the entire shot and you're thinking there's zero chance that this guy can score from this angle and he did i'm i gotta i want to look up the xg from that spot because that's uh it's pretty pretty nuts yeah yeah ramos was the one that scored he actually had a hat trick today which uh a lot of people you know were kind of happy about because you know he was in for ronaldo who was not able to uh get on board uh during this tournament besides that penalty kick so all yeah right, i mean yeah, go ahead. This is no, we're, we're hijacking this because I know you don't want to talk about it, Ramon, but we really do. No, I have it later on. I have some <laughs> yeah. later on. Yeah, but we're talking about this game. Why not? You just mentioned that he's replaced him. <laughs> I think that genuinely we're, we're at a point now whereby it, I think Ronaldo is, is done as a world force. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know, man. It's it's a tough look when you are things are going right at club level, and then okay, well, I'm gonna ride it during the during the World Cup, and like it's been decent so far. And then in a absolutely pivotal game, unless there's some sort of injury or something that we're not knowing, which I doubt, um, you don't get the start. You know, I mean, at that point when he comes on, the game is pretty much decided. But just tough. Uh, I, I don't really know what to say because this is all come so quickly like think about two months ago where Ronaldo was at what a difference what a difference well the guy spent more time at this world kept crying that it caught the very end of his hair for one of his goals and doing very much productive I think it's more just a symbol of the fact that Cristiano Ronaldo as opposed to well like some other big players and unlike certain others his ego swelled with his ability to a degree that as his ability declines now in age, that ego ain't getting smaller with it. It's just as big. And the problem with that is that it does cause a problem on squads. It does cause a problem on, on teams where quite frankly, he's no longer good enough to get away with the things that he may have once gotten away with. Mm -hmm. And he's still got that little bit of uh, magic in him. I'm sure that if needed later in this tournament, could he come off the bench and completely turn a game around? He could well do. He could yeah. well do because you don't get to the height that he gets to without ultimately maintaining some degree of that, uh, no matter where you are in your career. But I'm, I'm just not convinced that we're going to see Ronaldo as the big star that we've seen for so long. I think that Saudi Arabia is going to be his retirement home, uh, tucked out of the way. It's not even a visible retirement home, right? MLS is at least a visible retirement home. He's going to the one with very restrictive visiting hours and nobody's visiting. Sorry, Cristiano. Oh, man, MLS heads are right. You get paid handsomely when, for it, but when they nobody's watching. I mean, I think, I think, the, different, I think, the, I think the difference is... is it's not asking the question, does he provide value to a club or a team? It's the question of, is it worth it? And I think when you bag, when you couple in the wages for a club level, or, and then on, the, on both levels, when you factor in just like the attitude and how that's been certainly for his career, but I mean, the play style just doesn't add up to it. I mean, especially from someone that's your captain, it's just, uh, it's tough. It's really tough to justify. And I just don't think there's going to be a lot of biters. So yeah, it's tough. Uh, to answer Michael's comment here, I don't think that was exclusively Ronaldo's fault that Man U went from second to sixth, if that's what you're referring to. But here's the thing, and, and, to, and I agree with, with Owen's point that, you know, you can't really justify, you know, the ego and, and the temper tantrums, you know, all the stuff that we're used to seeing from Ronaldo if the productivity is not there. And in this sport, you know, at the end of the day, it's a business. If you're not producing, man, and, you know, you're – you know, you're charging, you know, an arm and a leg to be part of the team. It's not it's not worth it, man. And so that's why, man, you had to get, you know, move on from him. And I understand why they did it, especially after that interview with uh, with his best friend, uh, <laughs> Piers Morgan. And and, you know, <laughs> I was kind of hoping for him to kind of have a rebound this, you know, in this World Cup. But it hasn't been there. You know, is it, is it exclusively his fault? Maybe not. But just what happened on the field today does not help this case whatsoever, yeah. especially with the guy. That's replacing him scoring a hat trick. So I was happy to see that he was happy for his teammates, you know, and I know the cameras were all kind of cutting to him and every goal just to see what reaction he had. 
But, you know, that kind of tells you that maybe he kind of has to accept it now. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, he, he's had some issues with the head coach uh, from uh, from Portugal this, this World Cup as well as, as far as tantrums and, and all that stuff. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. See, he may have maybe a, a couple of games left, but it's not it's not pretty, man. And I'm the, you know, you guys know I'm the biggest Ronaldo fan there is, but it's just not yeah, pretty. Yeah, we know you're a huge Ronaldo <laughs> fanboy. Speaking yeah. of which, here is the question. Yes. If this is the last that we see of him, of any real note, at any significant level, where has he booked his place in terms of the history books? Where is he right now? Oh, man. Uh, I think we have to wait to see if Argentina can crack the final and, and do something. I, I feel like if Messi wins this... Well, Messi World has Cup. at least scored a World Cup knockout goal. Ronaldo has not, and it's not for lack of today. appearance. No, but I, you know, to be to be serious, I, I think Messi, if he wins, he's at the absolute goat. You know, there's not really a question. I don't really think this Copa America kind of counts. That's my opinion, but uh, but Ronaldo, as I think, po- as opposed to the Portuguese Euro, which they won on the back of like. Drawing and draw and draw. The only, game, win, the only game, the only game they won in like ninety minutes came against Wales. That's in an, entire tour. That's that's in international. The water, you know? And then and you then Ronaldo went off in the final. Yeah, in the first he's got to be pretty. He's very But uh, yeah, I think Ronaldo's definitely top five for sure, all time. I I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, in my personal opinion, I also love Ronaldo, especially from the Madrid days. But I think regardless what. He does the rest of the World Cup or Messi. I still think Messi has like the better body of work. Uh, I'll put Ronaldo in my top five. I think a lot of people say that this whole Ronaldo's not even the best Portuguese goal scorer, though. Come on. Uh, I, Get out of here. Now you're just hating. Get out of here. No, no, no. In the history books, I'm serious. What are you saying? Eusebio? Is that, is that who you're putting up top? I mean, it's a guy who scored nine goals in a single World Cup. So, I mean. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it's. It's, in it's 19, what, 60, like 56? When was this? Here's the thing yeah. about Ronaldo. He's he's been great in different leagues. That that's yeah. that's why I've always seen him For above sure. Messi because you know, Premier League, Spanish League, he, he did his thing in, in Italy. So he's done it in different places. While Messi has played it's not to his detriment, but you know, he's played most of his career at Barcelona, you know, now in PSG, you know, it's, I, I've seen him, I've seen Ronaldo do a lot more with a lot less, I think. Yeah. That's fair. Respect that. Yeah. Look at Owen. Look at Owen. Just the Ronaldo. He's here. He's here. <laughs> uh, let's take a look at uh, yesterday's matchups here. Uh, we have Japan losing to Croatia and penalties. Uh, as soon as that game went to penalties, I knew Japan was not going to be able to pull it off. So you know, sad to see him go. I actually really like the way that they played, but you know, Croatia coming through and they, they still got it, man. From 2018, they don't, they don't give up. Uh, the other matchup, Brazil, South Korea. Was that another one that you guys turned off early, or did you guys pretty, watch the entire Pretty game? much, you just kind of as soon as the second goal went in, you kind of like, yeah, this game's over. One of one of my roommates is Brazilian, and he's naturally a massive Brazil fan. And he's he's even like, you know, I, I was like, hey man, like, are you actually nervous for this game? And it's like we're Brazilians; we don't get worried about round of sixteen. I'm like, okay, man. And before the match, I was you know just poking him a bit, like I don't know, man, like Neymar, I think he's back, all these things. And once the goal started coming in, it, you know, when it was four 0 at halftime, I'm thinking, 
oh man, like I want to see 10. Like all you can put on, all you can put on there is just four. You can easily double that, make it 10. And then when they, when they uh, conceded that goal in the second half, it's like, wow, man, you were the worst team. You're with the worst team in the second half. Like, I don't know if you're competitive, like, come on. It's just kind of, just kind of ribbing him a bit, but yes, uh, this was one that not really great from a neutrals perspective after about, oh, 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, the, and here's the thing about that scoreline. 4-1 tells you Brazil completely dominated the entire game. I feel like South Korea did pretty well. You know, Allison was keeping them in the game. There were a few chances where South Korea was, you know, uh, knocking at the door. So, you know, if, I feel bad because they had to run into Brazil. But South Korea is not a team to take lightly moving forward. So, you know, good, good for them. Uh, let's take a look at the next round that's coming up, the quarterfinals. And uh, let's look at the odds from our friends mm-hmm. at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Um, we're going to start with, uh, Owen's favorite team, England facing off against France, England plus two or five draw plus two thirty. Uh, this is in regulation by the way. And then plus plus one forty five for France. So, uh, who are we feeling here? Uh, let's start with Max and then we'll chalk it up to Owen later. Ooh, um, I mean, yeah, to me, it's, a, it's an easy one. We are temporarily the PHNX. PHNX France podcast. Podcast. Le, le Blues. Yes. Allez, Ah, yeah. Uh, no, I mean, to me, if you look at how these teams are playing, it's, I don't even think it's that close. England hasn't really dominated any match they've been in. Even the ones that they've won convincingly, they have started incredibly slow out the gates. I mean, France, they have, I mean, they've just been pretty a sheer force this entire World Cup, even against Australia, where, you know, the first game they come out and they go one nil behind, doesn't matter. They absolutely just steamroll teams. They have multiple players who can do it. Um, and I think it's going to be a very close matchup. Like I, it's probably going to come down to like a goal, maybe two difference just because these teams are so stacked, but yeah, give me France. Um, I'll even give you a scoreline. Give me, Oh, give me a two, one to the French. The question is, and this, I'm going to leave it up to you. And is Mbappe scoring once again, this time against England? Oh, this is the question. See, to me, Kylian Mbappe give, brings something the English don't have, which is this one true star above all. I think the English have a lot of good players. The English have a lot of good players. Max is pulling a weird face there. The English have a lot of good players, but I think they don't have a star of the gulf there that Mbappe is compared to some of the others. Um, and so the question for me is, what do the English do? Do they go all in on Mbappe and then risk the fact that you've got a lot of other good players there, Giroud, Griezmann, um, all of those kind of guys that can cause you also a lot of problems if you don't pay enough attention to them? Or do they treat Mbappe as though he's just another player out there, in which case Mbappe will uh, have a lot of fun with that defence, I'm sure. I get the feeling that the... French are going through, but I just don't know whether it'll be Mbappe that's the difference maker or if the concern over him being the difference maker will open up space for others. But I'm seeing France going through in this game. It is, of course, the PHNX France podcast, so we can't pick anybody other than France here. France at plus 145. Take it. Take it now. Interesting. Nice, nice. Uh, let's move on to Morocco versus Portugal. Uh, Morocco plus four seventy-five draw plus two seventy-five. You don't really have a draw, right? And then negative one fifty. Ninety minutes, isn't it? Again, ninety minutes. There you go. Um, but yeah, Morocco. Don't sleep on Morocco, man. They they proved it today, man. They can hang with the big boys. 
Oh man, this is a this is such an interesting matchup. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think Spain was one of the favorites to especially especially really criticized for me. Spain was one of the favorites after that match against Germany, um, even though they didn't look particularly impressive. I thought if you can hang that way against one of the quote unquote uh, better teams in the world and the way that they play that. I think you can make a run, but Morocco shut that nonsense down. I still think Portugal has some holes. I think that while they're very strong offensively, they can still be leaky. And I, I don't know how long you want to roll with Pepe in the in the back. Yes, he subbed it, he came in because of injury, but how long can he really keep it up? Um, give me the Atlas Lions, Morocco, in a tight one-nil affair. I'm not quite as confident as you. Yeah, I'm going with the two advance line here. So Morocco plus two four five. Morocco to advance. First African team in the semi-final. Let's see it happen. Let's go. Of all time? That's crazy. That'd be crazy. Yeah. As much as come love on, surely you remember the Ghana Uruguay thing. That was because Ghana were going to be the first in the semi-final. Ooh, true. Uh, I think the bigger uh, question with this match <laughs> is uh, is Ronaldo starting this game? Yes or no? Oh, of course, of course. This World Cup quarterfinal begins all about Cristiano Ronaldo. Oh, Thanks, no. Ramon. You know, <laughs> I feel as though I feel as though what we no, I'm not interested. Not interested in this overpaid crybaby who only seems to want to talk about whether it brushed his hair or not. No, no. <laughs> I'm uh, guessing he's not starting. Max, <laughs> what do you have to say? No, I, I don't believe he is. Um, I do think he'll get a a if if he does not start, which I don't believe he is. He strikes me as more of a halftime substitute. They don't wait quite as long. Um, but I think also, like realistically, this game very well likely could go down to penalties. You do want to conserve him if he's not starting. So I actually think, from a tactical perspective, it makes sense to. So yeah, yeah. give him a, a halftime sub. Yeah, I mean, we saw how much they missed him today as they smacked the Swiss 6-1. They definitely need Cristiano Ronaldo out there. Oh, man, but that defense had more holes than Swiss cheese. You know what I mean? Hey, hey. Um, the next match, the Netherlands versus Argentina. This was uh, Friday at 12 p.m. Uh, Netherlands plus two, uh, tw- 255, draw plus 220, and then Argentina uh, plus 125. Uh, I, I'm uh, leaning Argentina with this one. I don't think Netherlands has what it takes against against this team. I think it's going to be a very good game, yeah. and I'm very much looking forward to it, but I am also going to take Argentina. I mean, Netherlands, you know, be probably one of the favorites, if not the favorite in this tournament in the round of 16, you know, as we, as we all know. But, um, yeah, give me, give me Argentina. I want, to, I want to set up the destiny match possibly against Brazil in the semis. Um, I think this is – I think out of all the, the – um, excuse me, quarterfinals. I think this one has the potential to be the most down to the wire. I mean, even more so possibly than Morocco and Portugal. So yeah, give me Argentina in this one. All right, last one: Brazil versus Croatia. Croatia not looking good here. Plus eight hundred uh, for them to win. Uh, plus and regulation plus four hundred for a draw, and then negative two sixty five for Brazil. Yeah, I think uh, Brazil will take this pretty easily. Smash that plus four hundred. That's a smash. I, I'm uh, saying 90 uh, minutes is going to be a draw. 
No, 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 no. I mean, I mean, no, Croatia. Listen, every time we write off Croatia, it's like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna go to we're gonna, we're gonna go to extra time. We're gonna go to pens. Um, I mean, I think Brazil wins this. It's maybe even by two goals, but I don't think it's gonna be just this blowout affair from the start. <laughs> Says Michael. <laughs> Yeah, I'd even say three more than three goals they score. So. No way! I yeah. I disagree. Yeah, I think Croatia's too old to hang in with okay. them. So I'm, okay. I'm looking forward to our, I'm looking forward to our podcast next week when the Croatians take it to extra time. Be, when you've been like, be, oh, the, Brazil are going to win by three. I want to see more of the pigeon. Yeah, should we file that one along with Belgium or a dark horse, and Belgium might win it? Yeah, who? Yeah, Ramon. Maybe along with Denmark or go to the final as well. You know, me? Ah, uh, it doesn't sound like me, guys. You question my character. That's true. That's true. It's you know the goal scoring earlier that you said you could do, and then this, yeah, completely. <clears throat> um, quick question before we wrap up the Brazil. There's a lot of people on the internet not too happy with the celebrations of Brazil in that South Korea game. So. I I take that as a bunch of noise. This is the way Brazilians have always been. They always are, you know, they're happy to celebrate. They, you know, they do these dances. To me, it's all in good fun. It's never trying to demean the opposition, but I've heard other people say otherwise. What what's what were your thoughts on this? I think at four, it's still just about fine. I think when you get to maybe seven or eight, then you're taking it a bit much. Um I think that's that's where the difference is. There's a line. There's always a line. You can't do it indefinitely because you do look like an ass when you're dancing on the grave of someone that's vastly inferior. But I'm not sure that four is too too much or not. Um, I tend to let it slide. I'm I'm really not trying to be that guy who stirs the pot as I stir the pot here. You hate dancing. He's gonna stir the pot. I I don't I don't think you can have it. It's a it's not like a gray thing. It, I feel it's either black or white. You either enjoy people celebrating like any of the goals, or you don't. And the way I look at it is, I'll, I'll provide the the counterpoint of you don't know when you're going to score a world cup goal, especially at this stage. And these people, players have been dreaming for it all their lives. Is it maybe, you know, yeah. Dancing on the grave quote unquote of a team who you are blowing out. Yes. But it's also like, all right, now this is me stirring the pot. If you don't want someone to dance a celebration, don't let them score on you. It's that's tough, but I don't know, man. Like, I don't know what else you want me to say. Like they're just having fun. They're doing their thing. Like, I'm a fan of it. I don't mind it. I mean, if you're right, Ramon, I hear that we're all uh, dancing on the grave of the USMNT now, aren't we? (laughs) I mean, if you guys remember back in 2019 and during the Women's World Cup, you know, the the women's Mm -hmm. national team kind of got in a little bit of hot water for doing that. I think it was like a 7 0, and they were still. No, no, it was a lot more than that. That was 13. That was 13. Okay, there you go. That's a little nuts. I understand that. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I remember that being a, a hot topic for sure. So, uh, but yeah, guys, if you guys have not downloaded the DraftKings Sportsbook app, make sure to do so. Uh, minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. And make sure to check out the show notes for more details. Make sure to get these bets because the World Cup's almost over, man. I feel like we just started where we're there at Four Peaks in the first you know watch along party that we had. And now we're doing our regular shows back on our regular schedule. I'm going back to work tomorrow. It's like. <laughs> It all happens so quick. So, uh, but yeah, make sure to do so because uh, you make some money on this DraftKings Sportsbook app. Um, all right, y'all. That's pretty much all I had for today. Anything else you guys wanted to, to hit at? 
Yeah. I'm just going to stare awkwardly at you. I yeah, I mean, that's, that's often what I do to you guys regardless. Um, yeah, man. DraftKings draft Sportsbook app. Try don't don't pick my my pick of Latour Martinez for Golden Boot because that's just absolutely. I didn't have Golden Ball. That guy, yeah. I, oh, I didn't. I was gonna say I didn't have Golden Ball. Um, well, I was gonna say you, you know that code PHNX, you definitely can make that money. I'm curious, who do you guys think is going to finish at this point with the Golden Boot? Because we actually have a couple now, like newcomers, as recently as in today's games. Oh, I feel like Mbappe out of that I, bunch. I it's going to be Mbappe or Messi. Yeah. Oh, How are we feeling, Owen? Wait, who's going to take the... Golden boot. What's the current goal scorer table? I think it's Mbappe with five, I believe. I think so. Mbappe. And then Gakpo has uh, three. Take a look here. <laughs> I'm getting them up now. Well. Yeah, it's Mbappe with five. Five could be enough. That's the thing, yeah. right? Even right. if they don't get through now, five would still be enough. Yeah. Here we, uh, here we can. I don't know. Master Golden Boot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, tap and in, boy. Tap in. He's not got many of them this year. Oof. No more of Shame. Where's the penalties? Where's the penalties, Max? What's he supposed to do if he can't kick it in from 12 yards out with no one else? I'm playing for Spurs, playing for England. It's okay. I don't care. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> All right, y'all. Uh, yeah, great show, y'all. Uh, before we wrap up, I do want to shout out Four Peaks. If you guys were able to join us for our watch alongs there, thank you so much again for doing that. Uh, we're going to have, have be having a lot more stuff with them. Uh, and it is the holiday season, so you guys can give the gift of beer. Uh, if you guys are looking to give some uh, some presents to your loved ones and Four Peaks still has limited supplies of their December advent calendar box for $55, you can enjoy specialty beers, uh, tall boys and more. And you guys can purchase this box at their 8th Street pub in Tempe. And, uh, you know, Max had the box the other day. It looked pretty great. So I'm just saying if you want a yeah. great oh, gift. Yeah. You guys can purchase that one. Uh, that's it for us tonight, y'all. Thank you so much for joining us. Bandidos, Michael, Jose, thank you for joining us here today. We will be back Thursday at 6 p.m. Uh, talk some more World Cup and uh, maybe some rising news. We'll see. We never know when they're going to drop some stuff. So <laughs> we'll see if we can have something else for y'all. All right, y'all. That is it for us here at PHNX Rising. Thank you to our producer, Emma, for helping us out today. Until then, have a great night.